and I for the love of the pride. You and I for the love of the pride. You and I for the love of the pride. All ready to ride for the love of the pride. It's a vibe though, blessed with survival. Get ready for the love, it's the pride of Cairo. You and I in our family ties. All ready to ride for the love of the pride. It's a vibe though, blessed with survival. Get ready for the love, it's the pride of Cairo. You and I in our family ties. All ready to ride for the love of the pride. I don't want any negative things to stick to the cardinal. Damn it, Brooklyn, you're late. My mother spotted me rushing through the doors of the fashion show venue. Backstage was a madhouse as women, makeup artists, stylists, show directors, and designers ran around trying to get everything ready. I know, Ma, I'm sorry, traffic was crazy. If you're not gonna take this serious, let me know now. Ma, I'm here, I said it was traffic. I didn't mean to stop at my mom, but because I was late, I didn't exactly have time to stand there and argue with her either. We only had one hour till the fashion show began, and our new fashion line, Truth, it opened the show. Her spring line for her existing line, Diosa, closed the show later that night, so her hands were full. Too full to slap the crap out of me. So I usually tried my hands at these events, talking to Asia like she was more of a colleague than my mom. Look, since you're rotating the beginning of the line, you need to get dressed. Two of your miles are fighting over the same outfit, and those shoes you requested? Yeah, they're not here yet. Good luck to you. Asia walked off to look at the home line. What the fuck, Ma? That's what they make cell phones for. You should have called me. Young lady, maybe you should check your phone more often. I looked at my phone and seen Asia had called me three times. She also left me a text message informing me about the shoes. A diva to the rescue. I looked up to see my boo thing, Farrah, standing in front of me. Farrah and I had become pretty close since the R&B diva started dating my brother. Like everything else in my life, our friendship was highly publicized, making every girl's night a headline in most gossip columns. You look stressed. Anything I can do? Oh, gosh, Farrah, thank goodness you're here. Remember those shoes I had custom designed? They're not here yet, and I have less than an hour to get dressed and ready. Yes, they are. I picked them up myself from the shop and set them in your corner. We both looked over in the corner where my station for hair, makeup, and wardrobe was. Farrah found her face when she didn't see the shoes. My glam squad was standing there waiting for me to come over. My stylist looked at his watch telling me I didn't have much time. But Farrah and I surveyed the room looking for the girl who took my shoes. Oh, uh, there. Farrah pointed at sheep. A model who always competed with me for booking shows and photo shoots. I had to admit, Sheik was my biggest competition in the industry by far. If it wasn't for the fact that Sheik was constantly in Bryson's face when he was around, I wouldn't mind the friendly competition. But since it was a known fact that Sheik loved her some Bryson, she was a thorn in my side. I stormed over to Sheik. Brooklyn? Farrah knew my temper was just as bad as hers when it came to these scandalous bitches. I approached Sheik from behind as she was talking to another model that was getting her hair done, tapping her on her shoulder. Excuse me. She turned around. When she saw it was me, she smiled and placed her hands on her hips. Yes. 
Yes, nothing. You have my shoes on. Oh, these things? She began modeling my blue wedges with the heel covered in crushed yellow diamonds. Yeah, those things. Give me my shoes now, Sheik. Sheik gonna place an innocent look on her face. She stepped out the wedges and gonna hand them to me. Here, I was just trying them on. No need to get hasty about it. What? You wanted to see what it was like being me? I snatched my shoes out of Sheik's hand. She laughed at my comment, then gonna lean into my ear. <laughs> I already know what it's like being you. Bryson showed me just how he makes you feel at night. You are one lucky bitch. Just as I was about to snatch that bitch up, Asia stormed around the corner locking eyes with me. She gave me an angry glare, seeing I was nowhere near ready to walk on that runway. <laughs> you wish. I turned away towards my glam squad. By the way, I hope Bryson has a successful practice today. I burned with fury as I wonder how she knew my man's schedule. I walked past the two models that were still arguing over the same outfit. I eyed the long color sheer block dress and smiled as a great idea popped into my head. Bitch, you can't fit into this dress. You don't have the legs for it. Wear the leggings with this. I handed her a cashmere sweater right off the rack. And you can't wear this either. You have no ass for it. Wear the leather mini skirt with the silk V-neck blouse. The models nodded their heads in agreement as they stared at me, storming off to my station. Don't let these jealous bitches get to you. Oh, I ain't worried about them. This place was getting crowded as people began showing up, filling the chairs. I was sitting in the front row wishing I was someplace else. Fashion shows was definitely not my thing. But whenever the family ventured out into new things, it was customary for everyone to show their support. And for some reason, Asia was hell-bent on everyone being present for today's show, claiming it was the premiere of her and Brooklyn's new line, Truths. <laughs> Somehow, I knew my mother had something else up her sleeve. She was always up to something and trying to keep her peace and everyone happy. I still didn't understand how my ex-wife became her assistant and still kept her job after our nasty divorce. Misha and I got married when I was 18. Cairo felt it was a good look to the public eye that I married my high school sweetheart after getting her pregnant. Twice. All before the senior prom. Together we had three kids, 17-year-old twin girls and a 15-year-old boy. After 10 years of marriage, I just couldn't pretend anymore. Not even to please Cairo. But when Misha said to death do us part, she meant that shit. And made sure I paid hell when I decided to chuck up the deuces. Yet still, Asia employed and remained great friends with Misha after she put me through hell for months. What up, big bro? Kingston slid in the chair next to me. I looked over at Kingston and smiled. What's going on, man? How's life with all the frenzy surrounding you lately? <laughs> well, you know me, I love the press. <laughs> but uh, I wish you would have taken homegirl's advice, though. They had a field day twisting your words in the interview of Manly Man magazine. Psh, had that up my ass again. What? What'd he say? Well, it's my fault that you were put in this predicament in the first place. Well, next time she needs to lower her voice and take that bass out of it, too. <laughs> Kingston, who was laughing at my statement, suddenly stopped. 
he tilted his head to the side and stretched his eyelids. Oh, and yo, that red lipstick gotta go. I mean, homegirl got a nice rat, but you can't be a sister with no ass telling a brother what to do. Really? I turned to my left and seen Nephi was sitting right next to me. Kingston was tickled, breathless, and laughter. Man, if you wasn't so stuck up dad's ass, you would have seen me trying to warn you. Whatever, man. I turned to face Nefertiti. She had her arm crossed and her face twisted. Her red lipstick became the focal point of her face again. What you doing here? Besides the fact that I was invited by your mother... Age of strikes again. This is great exposure for the public eye. A part of being a great spokesperson is answer to the negativity by stating the positive. All right, all right, all right, with all that positivity. Why you got shit right here, though? Wow, are we in kindergarten? I shook my head. Something about Nephi got under my skin. It might have been her smart mouth or a quick tongue. Or maybe it was just the way she had an answer for everything in her high-pitched, annoying voice. Whatever it was, I didn't want to have to sit next to her at an event I didn't want to be at in the first place. To make matters worse, Kingston was staring at us interact with a grin on his face that I just wanted to knock off. Really, bro? Yo, you find this amusing, don't you? Y'all too? No. Y'all are actually quite bored. But watching watching Misha over there staring at you with them green eyes? Now that's amusing. Kingston pointed to my ex-wife standing across the room watching me like a hawk. Damn! What'd you do to her? Misha walked over. She was a heavy-set red bone. My ex-wife had a cute round face. Her triple D breasts heaved up and down as she steadily approached us, walking like she was one of the models on the runway. She stood directly in front of Nephi, swaying her weight on one foot. Nephi jerked her head back, appalled by the blatant disrespect. She seemed like she wanted to go off. I watched her inhale and catch her composure. Just as Misha was about to open her mouth, Nephi reached up and tapped her on the shoulder. <laughs> Misha swirled around. Hello, Misha. How are you? I'm sorry. Have we met? Yes, we have. I'm the Carter family's new spokesperson. You're Mrs. Carter's assistant, correct? Oh, yes. Nefertiti, right? It killed me how Misha switched up her voice from ghetto to professional in like 2.2 seconds. How are you? Dryly, Nephi told her she was fine and turned her attention elsewhere. I wish I could do the same. Misha stood straight up and swirled back around towards me. You know your daughters are walking in the show, right? Yeah, they told me. Mm. Well, did you call Dominique today? He said he's been trying to reach you and couldn't get through. Yeah, Misha, I spoke to him today, too. What's your problem? Why you got an attitude? Look, Misha, I don't have an attitude. You ask me a question and I answer it. Whatever, Kenny. I don't have time for you. I have things to do. Well, good. Go do them. Misha swirled around to walk away. She stopped just as I was blowing the breath of relief and turned around. I'm about to go get Mrs. Carter something to eat. You want something? Kingston almost <laughs> fell out of his chair in laughter. As a result of Kingston's laughter, <laughs> I began to laugh too. Sometimes we wondered if Misha was bipolar. I mean, one minute she was fussing me out, the next minute she was catering to my needs. Her neurotic behavior drove me crazy. 
No, Misha. I'm good. Thank you. Okay, Pooh Bear. Just checking. Wow. Now I see why you have a bad attitude all the time. I frowned my face, turning to face Nephi. I don't have a bad attitude all the time. Only when you around. <laughs> oh, well, well then, I feel very sorry for you. Sorry for me? What you feel sorry for me for? Because I'm going to be around a lot, and if you want to give me that much control over you, I'll be sure to use it. Look, look, look. Check this out. You must not want your job. Now, I let you slide for the first time you got smart with me, but you're really pushing your luck right now. Is that a threat? No, more like a verbal warning. Just as I was about to tell this girl a thing or two, London and Karan appeared in front of us. Karan gave me a pound before taking a seat next to Kingston. London asked Nefertiti if she didn't mind scooting over so that she could sit next to me. London and I were the oldest two children. We knew each other the best, so I'm sure she could tell things were not going well with Nephi and I as she approached us. Nephi moved over, hopefully knowing her next statement would probably cost her her job. Thank you. Why do you always have to act like a grizzly bear when you're truly a big old teddy bear? Lights to the venue dimmed. Smoke began to seep out the smoke machines. Colorful strobe lights flashed, making the audience anticipate a good show. Only you get that side of me, sis. Everyone else gets whatever I give them. And her? Oh, it's training day for her. She's either going to get with the program or she's out of here. Truce flashed on the jumbotron and the audience cheered. Brooklyn was the first to come out on the walkway, receiving loud cheers and whistles from the crowd. My baby sister strutted in a signature walk. My daughters were right behind her, making London a cheerleader for the three of them in the front seat. On Brooklyn's last rotation on the runway, she rocked this long sheer dress that flared out of the bottom. It was a wonder how she didn't trip in that thing. Oh, that is beautiful. I need that in my closet. Well, you're not going anywhere, Annie. Of course I'm not. Then who will bail you out of jail, little one? Brooklyn was making her way back, passing models, walking to the end of the runway. The model was about to pass her as Brooklyn grabbed her dress where it opened at the thighs and swung it from left to right. She swung it right in front of the model as she was about to take a step forward. The model must have not been paying attention because she stepped right on it and slipped. London slapped her hand over her mouth as we all watched her try to catch her balance. The audience grumbled in shock. Unfortunately, the bombshell fell right on her face. Brooklyn didn't even stop to look at what she caused. I could have sworn I'd seen a smile on my sister's face as the sound of the girl falling echoed throughout the venue. What the hell? I never saw any shit like that in my life. Oh my gosh, Brooklyn is such a terror. No, you don't think she did that on purpose, do you? Two things I know very well, the law and my siblings. All the models came back on the stage at once. Great, this is over. I could go now. Oh, chill out and relax. Jeez. London pulled me back to my seat. Asia and Brooklyn came out holding hands. The crowd stood for the two designers cheering and whistling. A stage manager passed Asia a microphone. She waited until everyone was seated before speaking. Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming out today. As some of you know, this is my daughter, the beautiful Brooklyn Carter. She designed many of the pieces you have seen today, and I'm very proud to stand next to her this evening. Asia reached over and gave Brooklyn a kiss. 
proud to see you. She was upset today because her boyfriend, Bryson Patterson, was not able to make it to see her debut her new fashion line. Mom! Yo, what is she doing? You know it, Asia, you never know. What she doesn't know is Bryson's actually here and has seen everything. What? Brooklyn began looking around for him. A spotlight came on shining in the middle of the room. Bryson stood up and began walking to the stage. Another spotlight came on at the end of the stage and Cairo came out of the back, walking to the runway to his wife and daughter. What is going on? Yo, for real, we was all confused. Somehow, I knew by the time this was over, I was going to be pissed. Bryson took the microphone from Asia and began to speak. I hated this guy's guts and really didn't want to hear anything he had to say. Mr. Carter, your daughter is the light of my life. She makes me happy and whole. May I have your blessings in asking her for her hand in marriage? The audience stood and cheered. Asia began to cry. Brooklyn, who glared at Bryson with so much anger when she first seen him, was now in complete shock. She popped her hand over her mouth when she heard Bryson's question to Kyra. Oh, wow. Asia must be stopped. Yo, what? Is she doing? What are you guys talking about? This is beautiful. Well, Bryson, I have to say, I couldn't have chosen a better son-in-law if I'd selected you myself. You're actually doing me a favor. Her credit card bills are now your responsibility. Daddy! That was the easy part. Bryson got down on one knee. Oh my gosh, are you serious? Brooklyn, we've had our ups and downs, and still, you stand by my side. I could talk to you about anything. You are truly my best friend. My life wouldn't be complete if you weren't in it. Would you do me the honor of being my wife? Brooklyn stood there, still holding her hand over her mouth. Tears were streaming down her face. The sound of someone clearing their throat made her turn in the direction of the noise. The bombshell was still standing on the runway with the rest of the models. I could see the steam coming from her head as she looked at the couple with envious eyes. Okay, so my sister did trip her on purpose. But putting two and two together, I now know why. And it was the same reason I did not like Bryson. Yes, of course I'll marry you. The crowd cheered and clapped. Media began snapping pictures of the lovely couple and the proud parents. They crowded the stage for exclusive interviews. Oh, hell! Mm -hmm. Man, I gotta get out of here. Man, I got up and walked towards the exit with Kingston right behind me. The media frenzy was too much. Even though my sister seemed delighted at the proposal, I did not share the same happiness whatsoever. The whole entire day was one big annoyance and the thought of Bryson becoming part of the family topped the cake. As soon as I reached the back exit and opened the door, a microphone was shoved in my face. Before I could respond to the reporter's question on my feelings towards my sister's proposal, Nephi snatched the microphone. The Carter family is very excited about Brooklyn's engagement. They wish the happy couple the best. I don't need you talk for me. That's my job. Like you so matter-of-factly put it, that is your job for my father. I don't need a publicist. I could do it myself. I grabbed the microphone from a random reporter who had it shoved in my face. Let me tell you something. 
What I think of my sister's engagement is that Bryson doesn't deserve the tissue she wipes ass with, let alone her hand in mouth. I handed the reporter back his mic and glared at Nephew. Satisfied, I was able to piss her off and tell the truth. And I had enough with the events of the whole entire day and was ready to go home. While you are the most egotistical, stubborn jackass I have ever come in contact with. Nephi shouted while reporters screamed for me to elaborate on my comment. I smiled at her, then ran my way through the crowd. Kingston followed. Laughing his way past the media, Nephi followed. Yes! For once it's not me. Can't wait to see what Dad's gonna say about this. When the words left Kingston's mouth, one of the back doors to the venue opened. Oh. Mama rolled out of it onto the sidewalk with her clothes torn and the bloody lip. Farrah came storming out after her. Bitch, you got one more time for me to see a photo with you and my man together, and it's curtains for your ass. Whoa. Farrah looked up and seen Kingston standing there with his mouth open. Seemed like nobody else was there to hear her but Kingston, and she turned beet red. Paparazzi snapped pictures of her storming towards him. I'm gonna kill you! The media swarmed to the back of the venue as Farrah's bodyguards picked her up and threw her in the truck. Kingston! Kingston! Are you cheating on R&B diva Farrah right? Just get in the car. Kingston's driver pulled around back. Kingston Carter, Farrah Wright are no longer together. Actually, for some time now. They both parted ways, still very good friends. The altercation the R&B diva had has no links to Kingston Carter. Her people are going to have to inform you more on that, as we do not know the reason behind the altercation. Nefertiti spoke into many mics before breezing past him. She jumped into the car with Kingston and me not having anywhere else to go that was clear to media. Kingston's cell phone rang two seconds after the car came on. Fuck! Dad! He ignored the call. My phone rang after. Don't answer it! Don't answer it! And how that's gonna look? I pressed the talk button on my cell. A roar could be heard through the phone. And I said nothing. A few moments later, I hung up the phone. Well, what do you say? Family meeting. Well, that's what y'all calling the Kingston Roast nowadays? Family meeting? Overwhelming. This family is overwhelming. My most challenging clients thus far. Between Kingston Wild Ways, Kane's determination to do the opposite of anything I suggest, and Brooklyn's high-profile dysfunctional relationship at this moment, I'm just feeling overwhelmed as I walk into Mr. Carter's home with Farrah on my heels. She was going off on me about the comment I made to the press that her and Kingston were no longer together when she practically threw a model out the back door. You made me look like an idiot in front of my fans. There's no way my publicist is going to be able to make a rebuttal that's going to make sense. Now, when Kingston and I are seen in public, it's going to be a huge frenzy. Fed up with her blaming me for her neurotic behavior, I whipped around so fast, it startled the R&B diva. Enough. I didn't make you look like an idiot. You made yourself look like an idiot, fighting over a man like you're in high school. Now, that may be cool up against a frail-ass model, but one day, you're going to run into a real street bitch that's going to botch that pretty little face of yours all up. 
I guess she wasn't used to people talking to her that way because she inhaled my words like she was in a state of shock. And another thing, what I'm not going to do is cover up your childish antics, leaving my clients looking crazy. My clients are my priority. I whip my business card out. However, if you choose to find yourself a new spokesperson who has never lost for words, I can easily spin a story on how you and Kingston got back together. He was very supportive after your fight that broke out, making you both realize how much in love you really are. Ferris snatched a card. She smiled at me, and I could see her eyes light up thinking how her fans would eat up that story I just made up. Her smile instantly disappeared, and before I even turned around, I felt Cairo's presence. Farrah attempted to slide turn around and walk out the door. Since I've been around, I noticed Cairo treated Farrah like one of his kids too. So, I'm guessing she knew she was in trouble when he appeared in the foyer. Farrah, you get back here, young lady. The bass in that man's voice sent chills down my spine. I turned around to face him the same time Farrah did. Both of us stood there looking like little girls getting in trouble with their father instead of the successful grown women that we were. Farah, how many times do I have to warn you about your temper? This was Brooklyn's moment, and you stole it with you and Kingston's high school drama. I truly apologize for today, sir. An apology is not enough this time. I think it's time for you and Kingston to call it a day. With all due respect, sir... I don't think that's your call. I'm telling you it is. When it comes to this family, I can make whatever call I please. Farrah was about to say something when Kingston and Kane walked in. Hey, yo. yo what, what, what's going on in here? Cairo was about to speak when Brooklyn came rushing out the living room into the foyer. She had the look of hell on her face as she charged right up to Kane. Brooklyn pushed him right in the chest with all her might. Kane didn't even move. That man was solid on his feet. You ruined what was supposed to be one of the best days of my life! I'm sorry, sis. I had to speak the truth. And who made you judge and jury? It's my life, and a little public support from my own brother wouldn't have killed you. Did I say anything when you impregnated the craziest bitch on the face of the earth and married her? Really, Brooklyn? Yo, I was a teenager. You're a grown woman about to make the dumbest mistake of your life. If I didn't know it before, I know it now. Kane, he is the biggest jackass I have ever met in my whole life. To say what he just said to a woman who was just proposed to was truly beyond me. Kiss my ass. Brooklyn. Brooklyn? What about Kane? You act like he can do no wrong. If that were Kingston, you would have his head on a platter by now. Mm-hmm. Brooklyn seemed like she was near tears, an emotion that would have softened any father, but not Cairo. From his facial expression, Brooklyn just pissed him off. Young lady, I think you need to mind your tone when you're addressing me. Furthermore, I will deal with my children how I see fit. Now I think you need to take your little self in the living room with your mother before it's your head that's on the chopping block. Like a 12-year-old, Brooklyn stormed into the living room, leaving Kane quite satisfied that his bratty little sister just got in trouble. It was clear that even though each of Cairo's children was highly successful, he still had their hooks in all of them. Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry about... Not right now, son. Uh, I need you all in the living room. I have something important to tell you. They all began to walk towards the living room. I stood there, trying to collect my thoughts. 
Just as I thought I was going to get a few seconds alone, Kingston stopped short. Uh, Dad, I also wanted to... Uh... Kingston, didn't I say not now? The world does not revolve around you and your desperate need for attention. You and Farrah already ruined Brooklyn's day. May we please attempt to salvage what's left of it? Cairo didn't even wait for a reply before walking in the living room. He left Kingston there stuck on stupid while Kane attempted to hold back his laughter. What the? Yo, did you see that? I'm always the bad guy with this dude. Bro, you heard him say not now. Why'd you even try it? It's like you like getting yelled at. Kane walked off. Kingston followed. Moments later, I walked into the living room, ready to see how Cairo's family took the news of what he had to tell them. Family, I ask you all here today to share some important news. More important than Brooklyn's engagement? Miss Carter, hmm, she seemed like she was reminding her husband that it wasn't his day either. As she sat on the couch next to her two daughters, Cairo shot his wife this stern look for interrupting him. However, Miss Carter... Nah, she didn't fade. She returned that look with one that demanded he acknowledge his daughter's engagement first. Brooklyn, congratulations on your engagement today. Thank you, Daddy. <clears throat> As I was saying, I wanted to share this with you all first before I announce it publicly. I'm running for city council. I've decided to run for city council. I'm announcing my candidacy sometime next week. I just wanted you all to hear it from me first. And when the hell were you going to discuss this with me? Asia, I told you I was interested in getting into politics. I think this is a great way to get my feet wet. This isn't one of your business ventures, Cairo. You should have discussed this with me first. I am your wife. The family looked very uncomfortable watching their parents begin to argue, almost like they wanted to get up to leave. Uh, Dad, <laughs> what is this about? Like, you are one of the richest men in Atlanta. Why this? Why now? Kingston, this isn't about money. I think I could really bring some change to the urban communities. This isn't about money. Everything with you is about money. Enough! I've made up my mind. I thought you all would be excited for me. Either way, I'm running. With that being said... Cairo stormed off the stairs. Asia followed. I'm sure their argument was going to continue to their bedroom. Kingston stormed off towards the front door. Farrah followed. Everyone else in the room just sat there in pure shock and confusion. It was time for me to go. I had a lot of statements to prepare for the press. As I walked towards the door, I heard Kingston and Farrah in a very intense conversation. I wasn't being nosy when I stopped short to listen. I was just doing my job, you know, staying informed. Yo, I can't do this with you anymore, Farrah. I think it's best that we go our separate ways. Oh, because your daddy said so? My father, what, what are you talking about? My father has nothing to do with this. I'm telling you that I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Every time I turn around, you fighting somebody, assuming I'm fucking. You messing up your image and mine. I wouldn't have to assume if I didn't already catch you cheating on me time and time again. Then why be with somebody you can't trust? Kingston walked out the door, leaving Ferris standing there. She looked so heartbroken. I almost felt sorry for her. Almost. Farrah, she was immature, and Kingston was right. Why be with someone who always made you question their every mood? I had to go. I continued walking towards the door. You have my number. 
Use it. I could spend that in your favor, too. That's the last thing I said to Farah as I slammed the door behind me. As soon as I heard him come out of his room, I hopped off off my bed to meet him in the hallway. I had been listening to my mother and him argue all morning about his decision to run for city council without even telling her. I was hoping he was so irritated he would just agree to my request. Dad! Dad! What is it, Karan? Jeez, I just wanted to say good morning. My father stopped in his tracks and turned to look at me. Good morning. Now, is there a reason why you stayed here last night and not at the dorm I'm paying good money for? Great question. That's what I wanted to talk to you about. My dad turned back around and continued down the hallway to the steps. I trailed right behind him. I was on a mission. Mm-hmm. I knew it was something. It's always something with you kids. Dad, please, just hear me out. I just wanted to know your thoughts on me getting an apartment. I think it's a great idea. Who's paying for it? Dad, come on. I don't have a job. You told me to focus on school. My dad stopped right as he got to the bottom of the stairs. He turned back to look at me because I was right on his heels as he came down the stairs. I put my hands up and backed away to give him some space. As soon as he started walking, so did I. The answer is no. Look, you want me to pay for an apartment after I just shelled out an entire year's worth of dorm fees. How about this? You pay for it yourself, and you pay back my money for those dorm fees. Oh my god, Dad. You know I can't afford that. Then I guess you will be staying on campus this year. I was about to object when he cut me off. Final answer. And do not go behind my back and ask your sisters and brothers like you did with that stupid car outside. This time, I will have heads on the chopping block. Oh my god. I knew this conversation was dead. So I grabbed my book bag and stormed out the door to my stupid car, which happened to be a BMW convertible. A gift from Kingston and Brooklyn. I zoomed down the highway, headed to class. I went to the most prestigious medical school in Atlanta, studying to be a pediatrician. My classmates thought I was balling for who my family was. Little did they know, I was broke. My older siblings kept me with pocket change, but I had no real money to be the son of Cairo Carter. My dad made sure all his kids earned their share, and I was no different. But I just wanted money of my own, and space of my own. I was 23 years old living in a dorm room with another man. I wanted my own space to bring back the honeys. As soon as I got out my car and started walking towards the building to my class, I spotted C4 and Alexis Coop dropping off this fine-ass chocolate honey. C4 spotted me too and waved me to come over. What's up, man? Feeding for the youngest, huh? Dog, what? She's legal. Yeah, I. Yeah, so how's the young prince been doing these days? You been hitting them books, right? You know the king is watching. C4 called me the young prince ever since he met me when I was just a kid. That's how far him and my brother go back. I mean, Kingston met him when C4 got a scholarship to play football at the private high school that they both went to. Ever since then, them two have been best friends. C4 got into some trouble with the law and was kicked out of school. But him and Kingston, for some reason, still remain close. Man, whatever. I'm trying to ball like you. This car is nice. How much it run you? Nah, don't worry about all that. Just know I've been out here making money. You know, trying to keep up with the young prince. Psh, nothing to keep up with. You know my dad is tight when it comes to the money. Man, let me find out your pockets is empty. Man, I'm about to go work at McDonald's, they so empty. <laughs> hold on, hold on. Now before you go jumping off the deep end, you know you can always go make some money with me. 
Doing what? I knew what C4 did. It was no secret he moved heavy weight through the streets of Atlanta. But I know he wasn't about to have me be no corner boy for him. Nothing, nothing like that. I see you think you know where this is going, but it's just pills. Your college buddies love popping something every now and again, and this is where I make a lot of my money. Just pills? Man, just pills. And I know you know who's popping. Yeah, I seen them. Alright then, why not get paid and finish school? And you don't even have to leave your room to do it. Man, once word gets out that you got grade A product, dog, they gonna be coming to you. Oh no, C4. Seems simple. But what if I get caught? Then don't get caught. Besides, London ain't letting you go out like that. Man, just think about it. You know my number? C4 drove off, leaving me really considering his offer. The Pride of Cairo was written by Ejani Kamau, produced and directed by Ejani Kamau and Hanif Wynn. Cairo Carter was played by Jeremiah Blunt. Asia Carter was played by Courtney Jones. Kane Carter was played by Hanif Wynn. London Carter was played by Latoya Ransom. Kingston Carter was played by Jason Frazier. Brooklyn Carter was played by Raven Noble. Karan Carter was played by Zodu Moogs. Captain Sheba was played by Dwayne Bradshaw. Wes Hughes was played by Nick Meyer. Nefertiti Allen was played by Siv Jones. C4 was played by Dewan Williams. Farrah Wright was played by Taisha Schufer. Bryson Patterson was played by Zodu Moogs. Additional background vocals provided by Khalil Porter and Christian Guillermo. For the Love of the Pride of Cairo was written by Joseph Buchanan. The Prada Cairo was recorded at Patchwork Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Sound design for the Prada Cairo was done by Christian Guillermo. The Prada Cairo was mixed and mastered by Christian Guillermo from a shiesty major. Promotional visuals was provided by Fame of Plan B Marketing. Additional vocals provided by Luther Banks. The Prada Cairo is streamed on all podcast platforms. Please subscribe and leave us a review. Follow us on all social media at The Pride of Cairo. Follow us on Patreon to receive all exclusive content and early bird access to new episodes. We appreciate all y'all support. Catch us on the next episode. Peace.